When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joel Williams, and I appreciate you stopping by for a short 15-20 minute visit. Uh, I think it's going to be a short one this week. I say that every week, but I mean it this week. I only have three topics on shit you may have missed. Nothing that aggravates me too much, so we should be okay. We're going to kick it off with a little fun parenting story, though. Before I do that, though, you know what I'm going to ask from you, right? Wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this, there's probably a subscribe button of some kind. Click it. it. means the world to me. means the world to me. You have no idea how much it means to me. Every week, I literally check the followers every day. And every time I see it go up one, my heart grows three sizes like the Grinch. And one of these days, I'll feel love again. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. All right. So we're going to start with a, uh, a parenting story that revolves around uh, blood. I had quite the incident yesterday morning. Um, yesterday morning. Kids are getting ready for for take them over to the my mom's place where they hang out for the day while we work. And uh, the two year old runs and trips over the gate, the the baby gate, and lands face first on the tile without getting his hands out in front of him. And I could hear it because I, I had my back to him. And I turned and he was crying. And I thought, oh, okay. He's in shock. So I take him, I put his face in my shoulder and I walk him over to the stairs and I, I'm bouncing him. And then I, uh, the whole time he's screaming. And he's screaming that scream that you know is different. You know, as a parent, you know. You're like, uh, he's hurt. He's really hurt here. Um, I did not realize how hurt until... After a few minutes of him screaming with his head on my shoulder, I pulled his shoulder, his head off my shoulder and saw a face covered in blood. <laughs> like, just covered in blood. Uh, no, the nose and all around the nose, the mouth. It looked like he had a little blood beard. And I was, oh, shit. Uh, I, 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 I don't think I panicked, but I almost panicked. So between him screaming and me now telling my five-year-old, go wake up mama, go wake up mama, daddy needs help, go wake up mama, um, my wife had heard and she came down the stairs and she's like, what's wrong? And I show her his face and uh, she also had kind of an oh shit reaction, um, but she springs into like superwoman mode, uh, takes him, takes him right to the bathroom, starts to get him cleaned up. And as we're cleaning him up, 
I'm thinking we're going to have to go to the hospital. Because there is just so much blood. And it looks like it's coming from three or four places. Um, ultimately, it was coming from both nostrils were bleeding. He did cut his lip. And uh, it looked like the area around one of the teeth had uh, suffered a little bleeding as well. So he sees himself in the mirror. He freaks out further. Um, there was so much blood that it was covering a tooth. So we thought he had actually lost the tooth in that moment. But once we got him to rinse with some water and we keep, um, we call them water popsicles. It's just water on a stick uh, in the freezer. And uh, we got him to kind of suck on a water popsicle. And uh, and once the, the it helped get the swelling down and we cleaned him up and we realized, okay, he didn't lose a tooth. The nosebleed was, was drying up and uh, we were able to kind of get him back to normal. Well, when I say we, it was... My wife did the heavy lifting on this one. Uh, but within 20 minutes, he was back to being an idiot. And uh, and just that kind of lovable goofball we knew, we know and love. But uh, he gave me a real good scare. Uh, my five-year-old is, is fairly risk-averse. My two-year-old, not so much. And uh, and I will say that, and not, I'm going to knock on wood on this one here. Um, this was the worst injury we've had in the family so far for one of our children um we've been very lucky but that's by far <laughs> the worst one and the most blood we've seen so had one of those parenting moments where it was like i wish i'd handled it a little bit better i probably could have handled it and and not maybe my kid reacted a little bit to because daddy was freaked out um just like anything else, man, it's a it's a learning experience, and uh, I'll take that learning experience and I'll grow from it, and maybe I'll be a little less uh, freaked out the next time. The next thing we're going to talk about on the show, it's not something you're expecting, because on this show we cover pop culture, parenting, and politics. Those are the three I talk about all the time. But today, today I got something special for you. We're going to talk fashion. So why the hell are we talking fashion? I'm going to move this. Nope, I moved the wrong thing. If you're watching this on YouTube, that was a great movement. I'm going to move this one over there. There you go. Uh, so we're going to talk fashion. Why the hell are we talking fashion? If you're listening on the podcast, I literally moved the whole camera and not just the image. So it was a disaster for five seconds. One second. Um... Why are we talking fashion? Well, this past week, uh, a headline caught my eye on Twitter, and it was talking about the death of the suit. And I've got a couple of screen grabs here from the article, um, and it's from the Telegraph Fashion. I'm going to guess that's a magazine. And it says, In August, Marks & Spencer announced that it had stopped stocking suits at mo uh, across more than half of its 245 clothing stores apparently to be more relevant to customers' rapidly changing needs. Sales of former formal wear have dropped by 15% online and 72% in-store. There's a quote here from, I'm going to guess a fashion expert, that says, uh, Slowly the suit started falling out of fashion. The tie went first, then came the jacket and trousers that didn't match, the leather shoes left in the bottom of the wardrobe replaced by trainers. Suits were old-fashioned for office drones, and sticks in the mud. 
Now, here's why I want to talk about this. I love a good indicator that times have changed. And I, I can remember when COVID started. Um, and I'm talking about how fashion choices have changed because people only need a good top. And there was one fashion uh, guy on one of the news channels saying, I only sell shirts now. Because people can sit there in their meeting online in track pants or shorts or no pants at all if you're Jeffrey Tubin. Um, but you can sit there. And as long as you have a nice shirt, maybe a tie. Ties are going out of fashion too. Uh, you can pull it off. And uh, it's interesting to me. I find it fascinating that we as a society have kind of said, okay, we're, we're done with that. And I can't help but compare it to um, the fashionable hats that men used to wear. Right? I mean, if you look at all those videos and, 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 and images from the 20s and 30s, uh, the hats and the long trench coats, very dapper looking. It's a good look. Um, but those are gone. <laughs> those are those have died out. Now, if a guy comes into your office wearing a hat, you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with that guy? What, what is he? Who does he think he is, wearing a hat and suit? He thinks he's better than me. He's not better than me. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's another industry that is kind of faded out as a result of COVID, and uh, obviously fashion's not going anywhere, and men's wear and blah 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 blah. The times they are a-changing. And how long before even things like Mark's uh, men's clothes or things like that, the idea of menswear, I think is eventually going to go away. It will just be a clothing shop. We become so... Um, not sensitive. I'm going to say aware of the idea of gender roles in society. That I think eventually, even the idea of a men's department is just going to go away. And I'll be pushed back from old white guys. Uh, but everyone else will be like, yeah, we're, whatever. I don't care if it says men's above it or doesn't. So, I found it interesting. It's time for shit you may have missed. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately, I, I kind of have to talk about uh, the Superman news this week. And I don't really care for Superman as a character. Never been one of my favorites. I like the emblem. Love the logo. I just feel like within the comic book universe, he's too powerful. I'm never really worried about Superman dying or losing. He's Superman. He's always going to win. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact that in the latest comic book, or one of the upcoming comic book issues, uh, Superman's son, John Kent, is coming out as bisexual. <gasps> I don't care. Good for him. They look like a happy couple. I always point to the wrong angle. They look like a happy couple. The, uh, the 
pink-haired person that he's kissing with. I'm presuming it's a male in this case, because since he's coming out as bisexual. Uh, the the pink-haired male in this picture is a reporter. So they, they you know, <laughs> they're not straying too far off uh, the Superman canon. But, okay. Here's why I, I, I want to talk about it, even for just another 30 seconds, is... I believe representation matters. And I think it's important that even fictional characters have these moments. Because uh, as a as a white male, it's very easy for me to look around and find my my influences and be comforted by like-minded individuals. The whole world has been designed for me up until even now, I was going to say up until recently, but even now it still is. Because if, if, if it wasn't, this image wouldn't be so shocking to people. Um, so I think representation matters. And I think it's good that a bisexual, homosexual, whatever the case is, um, teenager or preteen who maybe has an idea that uh, they they love or like or are attracted to the same sex or both sexes or people who identify as non-binary, um, I think it's important that they have this representation. It will help with making them feel included because there's another example of it being popularized. I want to say, the word I was going to say is normal, but that's not right. It might be the right word in terms of, like, nomenclature. Like, we're trying to normalize sexual homosexuality and bisexuality. It's not my intention. So I'm going to go with popularize it. I'll try to make it kind of to the point where when this does happen in the future, no one bats an eye, or it's not discussed at all. Maybe it's just discussed in general terms. Superman has a new love interest. And we don't care whether it's a male or female or non-binary or however they want to identify. So, John Kent, fictional son of Superman. Also a fictional character who's been around for 80 years. Maybe not that long. Congratulations on coming out as bisexual. Thank you for being another representation in an undervalued, underrepresented marketplace. That '90s show. <laughs> what a pivot! I didn't. I, I didn't have a natural segue from that to that '90s show. So. Uh, that 90s show has been picked out by Netflix for 10 episodes. What is that 90s show, you're asking yourself? Well, that 90s show is going to be a sequel, spinoff, continuation of that 70s show. And it's going to focus around Red and Kitty taking care of Eric and Donna's daughter, uh, whose name is Layla, or Leia. I can't really tell by the way it was written. Uh... And uh, she'll be coming to visit her grandparents one summer. 
So for 10 episodes, we'll get to see Red and Kitty uh, take care of her. Presumably uh, guide her through early adolescence, much like we saw them do with Eric, Donna, Fez, Hyde, Kelso, Fez. I think I got them all. Jackie. Damn, Jackie. Um, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> like, the best part of that 70s show was Red and Kitty. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing them interact in the 90s. Expect a lot of Nirvana. Expect a lot of grunge humor. And uh, I think it'll be enjoyable. I'm looking forward to this one. And finally, we're going to end on just a weird weird fucking thing and I gotta read a little bit here because there's a quote so Demi Lovato why in the hell is that nerd dad Joe Williamson talking about Demi Lovato I'll tell you why Demi Lovato is currently filming a show about uh, aliens and life extraterrestrials I don't know I didn't look into it any further than that because the main headline here is she thinks that we shouldn't be calling aliens aliens because it's a derogatory term. And we might be offending the aliens. This this is where I get off the 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 PC Express. Um, nope. Don't care. While we want to believe aliens exist, and I think most reasonable people think that there is life somewhere out there. We cannot possibly be the only ones. It is way too early in that process to be worrying about what amounts to, essentially, a fictional thing. Fictional. Fictional. Aliens. Aliens. Uh, anyways, her quote is, but I think we need to stop calling them aliens because aliens is a derogatory term for anything. That's why I like to call them extraterrestrials. Good for you, Demi. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Demi, get a hobby. Get like a real hobby. Find something. Get, go back to your career, singing, acting. I don't really know what you did beforehand. But I think the fact that if you're at a point in your life where you can worry about whether or not aliens find the word alien derogatory. Time to get a hobby. Time to take up jigsaw puzzles. Knit. Start a podcast. Everybody else has. Um, just. See. George Carlin. <laughs> And George Carlin is one of my idols. It's like George Carlin and John Stewart. Um, they make up the foundation of my brain. And George Carlin did this used to do this bit about um, feminism and how he agreed with most of the feminist language. And I'm gonna paraphrase a little, so I'll forgive me. But he used to say things like. I think spokesperson, spokesmen ought to be spokesperson. But they take themselves too seriously. They go too far with it. They want that thing in the street to be called a personhole cover. And that's, <laughs> that's 
what I feel like Demi is reaching for here. There's political correctness, and then there's kind of insanity, which is where we're headed if we're worried about what aliens are uh, called at this point. We're just not there yet. Maybe we will, but we're not there yet as a society. Two images ago, I had to address a fictional character coming out as bisexual because that was too much for a lot of society to handle. So I don't think we're there yet, Demi uh, aliens. We got shit to do here before we worry about outside. That's it. That's the show. I'm calling it. I told you, 20 minutes. Okay, so it went as long as I normally do. Sue me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Follow me on all my socials at that nerd dad. Share, subscribe, tell a friend. And, and interviews are coming back. Uh, I've been I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, how to, I don't want to say spice the show up a little bit, but I, I think I want to add interviews back. I like talking to people. I like interviewing them. I like to learn about them. And um, I like sharing those ideas. My schedule is not consistent enough to have a, a co-host or a panel. But setting aside 20, 30 minutes a week to interview someone uh, and kind of tack it onto the show, I can definitely do that. So stay tuned for interviews. They're going to happen again. want to thank DeanBlundell.com for hosting myself, Canada's number one podcast network. Uh, I encourage you to check him out and subscribe. He's one of the top podcasts in the country. DeanBlundell.com or YouTube slash DeanTube. If you want to subscribe there. I want to thank Blue Microphones. Without me, without the mic, without the mic, I don't sound this good. Thanks to Blue Microphones. And of course, to my son, he's got the final word. Thanks for listening. Are you listening? Damn. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.